Anyway, all right, our series, Transformers, we're talking about uh, eight verbs that can transform you and your world, and uh, so we're moving on, and uh, today, today's word is go. Turn to somebody and say go. Now, that doesn't mean leave church. We're not done yet. Some of you said, we'd like to go, but you're running a little long today, but you know what, didn't, didn't, we, didn't we enjoy the Lord's presence and worship this morning? Wow, I just, I, I just, I, I just felt, I was just overwhelmed with such a sense of gratitude and and, 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 and praise, because I, and I, as I think about all the things that he's done, not only in my life, but in your lives, I mean, we, we share our stories together, don't we? And we share our lives, and we kind of rub shoulders, and, and we see God working in each other. And so I was just really, I really appreciate God's presence this morning. The text this morning is Matthew 28, uh, 18 through 20. It's a passage of scripture called the Great Commission. So that's what I want to talk about for a few moments this morning, and maybe in, enable us to look at this body of scripture with some fresh eyes and to maybe hear something that we haven't heard before. And it is, it is in your bulletin as your responsible reading, but let me just read it for you. And, and the words are this, then Jesus came to them, that is to his disciples, right? And he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go, right? Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. It's the Great Commission. Uh, and I want to ask you a, 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 a simple question going forward this morning, and hopefully they'll, you'll have a firmer answer to this question, maybe some of you, by the time we get to the conclusion of our message. But what, is, what is your position on the Great Commission? And I don't want you to answer that out loud. Well, you know, I think it's really cool. But, but think about it. In your heart, what is your commission on the great, what is your position, rather, on the great commission? Now, let, let me just explain to you what, what I mean here. You notice how sometimes words lose their, 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 their force of meaning or they lose their punch, if you will, uh, in our experience because they seem disconnected from our experience. They seem irrelevant to where we're living and what we're struggling with and dealing with. You know what I'm talking about? Some things in the Bible, let's be honest about it. Some things don't immediately resonate with us based upon our own context until somebody maybe explains them to us or until the Spirit of God enables us to see how that text of Scripture really does include us because all Scripture is for all of God's people all of the time, but but it has different application in different moments and different seasons. And, and we may uh, see things in one season of our lives that we don't see as clearly in another. And, um, uh, you know, so sometimes for some of us, we hear these words. And, you know, again, I, I find myself trying to, to learn to communicate in ways that go beyond the preacherly types that I've uh, been around all my life. That basically we bark orders at people, but we don't often help people to to understand or to personalize some of these commands in Scripture. And so we say, go, the Bible says, go, go, go. And when I was growing up in uh, my original church, that was one of the big, they would do it in the King James, they'd say, go ye, you know, go ye. And that would be, you know, that would be the exhort to go and, and do stuff and get out and witness. And it's good. It's, it's, that's, you know, it had, that's, that's fine. But for some of us, based upon where we're, we're at right now, and we, you know, if I say go, uh, you have a certain way of thinking about that. And you say, I'll tell you where I go. I, I go to work, right? Uh, I, I'm not a missionary. I, I'm not going overseas. I'm not going on a missions trip. I, I've got to go to the job. I've got to, to, uh, to go to the store. I've got to go to my kid's soccer game. There are people called to do that stuff. They're the professionals who get paid to do that stuff. And uh, so we'll send a little extra money in the envelope, but, but that doesn't really apply to me. You know what I'm talking about? Am, am, I, am I hitting with anybody or am I just up here, you know, putting out some hot air? I, I need, I need my, my grandson in here so somebody can say amen. <laughs> See, I'm, getting, I'm, I'm so happy that he learned that word this week because... I, because I, will, I know that I will have me an amen corner some kind of way. Amen. Uh, and so I want to suggest this morning that this imperative, and it is an imperative, and, and I'll talk about it in a moment, the way it's, it's related to the, the, the main imperative of the text. Uh, this imperative, go, expresses a clear command on the part of Jesus towards his disciples to reach out geographically, yes. 
but it also suggests to you and to me a disposition of the entire church that includes every single one of us. And it has to do with our relationship with what we call the gospel, the good news. You know what I'm talking about? The good news is that love ran red on the cross and and our sins were paid for the good news is that god removed shame off of our lives the good news is that we're totally and fully and freely forgiven for every sin we've ever committed the good news is that christ died in our place so we don't have to die for our sins the good news is that god has our eternity and our future well in hand and we have nothing to worry about no matter what goes on in the world around us the good news is that god has everything under control the gospel is the good news of uh, of salvation through jesus christ our lord who died who was buried who rose from the grave who ascended to the right hand of the father who's coming back again and uh will will set everything right forever that's the good news right and the nature of the good news euangelion is uh is is the greek word and and uh angelion is suggests it has to, to to do with messenger and and message and the thing about message is that it needs to be disseminated it needs to be published it needs to be broadcast it has to be spread by word of mouth or carried from place to place and we're entrusted as a church with the good news so whether one quits their job packs up and moves to some distant land Right. Uh, to learn a culture they don't know and a language they're unaware of in order to present the gospel to that culture, or whether someone simply moves across town in pursuit of a better apartment, one that doesn't flood. <laughs> movement is essential to the gospel. And we'll see that sometimes that movement is intentional and distant and sometimes it is unintentional and maybe not so distant. But wherever movement takes place, God is, wants to be in that with regard to us as his people. Whether you preach the gospel to a crowd in a stadium or whether you share your story with a co-worker, you know, at lunch, at work about how God straightened out your, your messed up life. The gospel by its very nature is mobile and it's contagious. It's meant to be spread. It's meant to be shared. It's meant to, to, it's meant to be given wings or, 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 or wheels or something because it's meant to move. And it, so the word go it says something about the essence of what the gospel is all about. I ask you again, what is your position on the Great Commission? It's interesting because in, in the Greek text where it says go and make disciples, the word that's rendered go in the Greek text, literally, it's actually a participle that literally means having gone. Now, there's this discussion in biblical scholarship because I remember when I was in the theology of mission class with Dr. Charles Van Ingen at Ingen at Fuller Seminary in like 1989, and in, and the, the missiology, the guys that, that study missions and missionary movement stuff, they look at that and they like to talk about the fact that they suggest that, well, Jesus is saying, is, you know, the real imperative is to make disciples, but the way, what he's saying is, in your going, as you go, having gone, because you're going to go somewhere, so wherever you go, make sure that you make disciples. Then other scholars come back and say, no, there's this other aspect of Greek grammar which lends to that go, that same imperative as the word make disciples. In other words, he says, you go and you make disciples. Not, well, as you go, but go. Now, and so sometimes when you, you know, you, it, it, it probably can't really mean both, but there are nuances of both that I think can apply. You know what I'm saying? And so... Um, on one hand, if you're not going to go on a missions trip, if you're not going to go, I, I'm, me and Alex and, and Detalvio and Angie are doing a, a little benefit for a friend of mine next week, a, a friend of mine for many years who's going to make his third trip to Uganda this summer and to, to go and to, to, to serve people. And to, uh, in Jesus' name, they go and they, they treat, they go, they, they, the, this organization brings medical doctors and they, and they, do educational stuff. They've built facilities and stuff, and they share the gospel. He's going over there and, and that kind of thing. But there is the suggestion here that maybe think about it in this terms, in these terms, whether you go on that kind of a trip, whether you go uh, to Haiti or whether you go to uh, uh, Uganda or whether you go to uh, uh, Costa Rica, wherever, whatever you do, at, you know, when you, as you go about your business, Huh? Uh, you know, if you go on a mission trip, if we, as you go to work, 
When you go to the family reunion down in Texas, somebody said, how do you know about that? I know somebody in here probably got one coming up somewhere. You know, he says, go. If you're going on vacation, go. But realize that you realize who you are and what you are to be about wherever you go, whether you go intentionally or unintentionally. Realize it. Realize that as the church, we are to be about making disciples. What, what are disciples? Guys like really with long beards and robes and really stodgy behavior. No. Basically, as, as life learners and students of Jesus, our task is to engage other people. And say, hey, come on with me. Let's go to school together. Come on and follow me as I follow Christ. And let's, let me introduce you to this man named Jesus. And let me tell you about it. Why don't you come alongside and let's learn about it. And come under his teaching and obey the things that he says and do what he says to do. That's what we're supposed to be about. In initiating people into discipleship, introducing them to Christ. It's about learning, it's about living, it's about loving, it's about modeling Christ, it's about sharing your story. I know that some of you are really fearful of the idea of evangelism. I say, if I were to say we're going to have a personal evangelism class, two of you would show up. And if I were to say all of you need to come back next week and report on your personal evangelism activities, you would not come back next week. <laughs> and, and I say that tongue-in-cheek because I... Because I know for some of us, we're, because the church and culture in America, we're at a, at a kind of a, in a transitional phase. Because what was, what was kind of normal and what worked in the 70s really is a lot less effective now. Uh, I, and, and, and I've been a pastor for a long time, and people tell you, you know what, you, you need to go door to door. We went door to door once. It was the most frustrating thing to, to, to have people just not open the door and not want to talk to you. Okay. Y'all know how y'all do when the Jehovah's Witness knock on your door. Why? They, don't, they don't know you any different. It's a different time. People, you know, I live in a, in a community where, we, you know, there's a gate around our community. And we try, they try to kick folks out that aren't supposed to be in there. Actually, there was this girl was knocking on doors during the election. I said, you're not supposed to be in here doing this. I feel so bad, but I feel so good. <laughs> you know, but, but you know, we, but things that, and so some of us, we don't know, we haven't thought about, our relationship with sharing our faith and with making disciples because of the fact that I know I'm not going to stand on Slauson and, 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 and Crenshaw with that sign on my back like that dude used to do. I, 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 know, that, I know that people, I need to hand out tracks to people, not railroad tracks, but T-R-A-C-T-S. But I just, for some of you, you're terrified. Some of you are shy. Some of you are terrified. And in this culture, there is an, there is an hostility towards that kind of what is perceived as proselytizing that, that is probably greater than it's been before. But to, in fairness to people that are hostile towards proselytizing, I, you and I don't like to be proselytized. I don't like to be sold something I'm not in the market for or I don't know I'm in the market for. And I don't like people I don't know coming up trying to get all up in my business. So don't judge folks because I tried to tell him about Jesus and he walked away. Oh, yeah. I said, oh, I'm calling down far on you. <laughs> think about who you are. Think about you. If somebody walks up to you, don't know you, don't care about you. But because their church tells them and because of their religion, they say, you know, you, you need to become a, a follower of Zeus. Now, before you go and start tweeting me and sending me, you know, understand this. What I'm saying is this. The, the gospel in the book of Acts went forward in a, in a, in a certain kind of organic way. In, within the context of the community and people, yes, there was preaching. There was kind of cold calling kind of thing, but it was basically people in the midst of crowd that knew each other and people proclaiming and people listening and, 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 and a community buying in and, and people you know, and the work of the Holy Spirit. And then some people went to certain people when the Spirit told them to do, to go, right? But when they weren't going around knocking on, on doors, just, oh, I want to tell you about this, this new thing. It's called the church in Jerusalem. Now, there was stuff that happened in public, and people saw it and heard it. And then, then, then the, as the disciples, as, as, as Peter and as, as uh, Paul and others began to go and preach the gospel, 
They would preach to people, people who would gather. They would come. Right? And the thing about it is, I understand that people respond best to your intrusion into their religious, their spiritual life when they feel there is some connection to you and when they feel you really care about them as a person and not just a statistic and not just a notch on their spiritual belt, not just fulfilling your quota for the, for the hall that you're a part of or whatever, but that you really have some vested interest in that person, that you have some, I'll use this for the second time today, some skin in the game. And that's where we are. But so when I, so we say go, I know it, it conjures up images of, okay, we're going to have a witnessing trip. We're going to have, we're going to go down and any, you know, and the Christians understand now, if I'm going to go and minister to the homeless, if somebody's hungry, I'll eat your track. No, I don't want, I don't want to read your little thing. I don't really care about your Bible right now. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned with getting off the street I'm, or I'm concerned with getting my next meal or whatever. So the issue is this. When Jesus said to the disciples, go, when he says to us as the church, go. Yeah, go as you go, when you go, when you're moving and going. But understand that go implies a commitment to be a part of the ongoing process on the part of the church of bringing people into a relationship with Christ. So you can go when you stay. You understand what I'm saying? You can go when you, your life doesn't have some dramatic turn of events where you quit your job. God forbid. Sell all your stuff and launch out across the world. It's about sharing the gospel. 1 Peter 3, uh, 3.15. I love this verse. Uh, he says this. It says, but in your hearts, revere Christ. As Lord, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But listen, look at what he says. But do this how? With gentleness and respect. Isn't that a beautiful picture of, of, of what it looks like to live our faith and to share our faith and to be salt and light in the world? He says, there's a time to go to folks and there's a time when, the, when God will show you people. It might be a neighbor and you'll go to the person and say, you know what, You've been, I've been thinking about you and I just wanted to tell you my story. There'll be times when God, the Lord will give you things for people. So I, I would, would not want to rule that out. But he says, in this case, first of all, understand that you, that, you, that you set apart Christ as Lord in your heart, that you were under his. Remember what Jesus said? He says, all authority is given me in heaven and earth, so go. And remember that you, be sure that you respect that authority and in doing so, Revering Christ as Lord, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Think about it. I, sometimes I think about my behavior in public. And rather than someone asking me the reason for the hope that's within, they might tend to sometimes ask me, what is wrong with you, dude? Why you be tripping? What is wrong? <laughs> my dad, bless his Texas heart. I would do something stupid. He said, Charles, what possessed you to do whatever? And then you fill in the blank. What possessed you? But maybe we can, maybe we can live this thing in such a way that somebody sometime will say, why is it that when the world is falling apart, you're not falling apart? Why is it that when you got sick, you, you didn't lose your, your mind? And you, why is it that as you, when you went through that, when we went to this, when you went to that financial thing, you struggled a little bit, but you, you didn't stop going to church. Why is it that your family seems to be to be kind of working? Why is it that you you seem to have this glow about you? Why is it that you have this integrity and in, 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 in work, but everybody else is like stealing all the stationery and stuff? And why is it you refuse to do that? Why is it that you have this 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 vital optimism about you? what is it about you? He says, be ready. Be ready when they ask you. So first of all, be ready by living your life in such a way that, that people can see Christ in you and maybe dare to ask you, what's the reason for this hope you have? We're, we're in a time of, of darkness and despair in the world around us. 
We're in a time of, of, of pessimism and cynicism. We're in a time when, 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 uh, when there, a lot of folks are disoriented. And we as a church, listen, our lives as Christians aren't perfect. We have our own struggles. And I'm not talking about being artificially happy in some giddy kind of way. But as we keep plugged into Jesus, as we keep worshiping like we were doing this morning, as we stay in the word of God, as we continue to be connected with one, with one another and walk in communities, we continue to reach out to the people, get outside of ourselves and reach out and serve and help somebody else. You know what I'm talking about? As we continue to, to do the things that God has given us to do, as we continue to love one another and to love Jesus, as we continue to, to spend time in his presence so that he can, he can lift us up and, and encourage our hearts. Listen, as we do that, people in the world around us can, you know, will see something unique about our lives because, because our preaching won't mean anything if our life doesn't represent it. it, it was, so he says, be, be ready to give an answer to, for anyone to ask you. But he says, do this how? You know how, some, you know how some of them do? You need Jesus. Uh, I, I, you know, don't, when you get ready to stiff the waitress for the tip, don't leave a gospel track in the little tray. <laughs> that is disrespectful to the waitress and to Jesus. He says, but what you do is you do whatever you do, you do it with gentleness and respect. Now, Erwin Lutzer said this. He, he wrote, Christianity spread rapidly during the first century because all Christians saw themselves. Notice this. All Christians saw themselves as responsible for disseminating the gospel. Okay? Again, I want to ask you, what's your position on the Great Commission? So to go, to go, to go, go, go. To go means that with regard to Christ, we need to be fully present and, and alive in the moment. Uh, with regard to who we are of people of faith, with regard to, who, to, to, to our relationship with the gospel. To go means that we need to view every aspect of our lives as belonging to God. And that's why Peter says, set apart Christ as Lord in your heart, revere him. Make sure you come under his lordship and, under, and, and realize and walk in the reality that he, he owns all things and he's Lord of all. Uh, this suggests a kind of integrated life. Where every moment in every situation God is present and desires for you and me to represent him to the world around us. To go means that we allow our lives to be guided by our love for Christ. To go means that we carry ourselves in every situation in a way that reflects the fact that we do have a hope beyond this present age. We do have a hope beyond this economy. We do have a hope beyond politics. We do have a hope beyond beyond any other dynamic operating in the world around us, we have really one hope and one hope alone. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. To go means that we're willing and able to offer a simple, clear, concise explanation of, of, of what and why we believe, what, you know, what we believe and why we believe it. I'm not talking about a deep theological treatise or you having to take a six-month apologetic course. But you know what? We need to just think about this so we can just say to somebody, you know what? I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins and rose from the grave. And, I, and as, when I put my trust in him, he, 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 he changed my life. And they'll say, how did he change your life? Think about how he changed your life. Well, I, that guilt that I carried all my life went away and I, my relationships start, st- started to get better because, I started, I, because he started to make me better. He changed my life. He changed my heart. He took some of the desire. Whatever your story is, think about it. To go means to be ready so that whenever, where, as you go, when you encounter people and you encounter opportunities, you can capitalize on them. But to go, in, in, as Jesus is saying here, doesn't mean that we're to try to railroad or coerce others to believe as we do. But we're to live it and to share it with, as Peter says, with gentleness and respect. What's your position on the Great Commission? I mentioned a few moments ago that sometimes, because we're not missionaries, we fail to connect with this command to go. But let's fix that right now forever, okay? Actually, nothing is, when you're a preacher, nothing is forever, because you'll have to say it 45 times in 42 different ways over 42 years. Yeah, I know, Charles. I've been to you. You've been saying the same stuff. I know. And I'm going to keep on saying it, right? But let's, let's fix this. Oh, well, you know, Pastor, I, I, I understand what the Lord is saying in the great communion, but I ain't no missionary. If you're a Christian and you say that to me, I will refute you. 
I will rebuke you. I will lovingly correct you. I will tell you this. We are all missionaries, whether we like it or not. The, The other thing I learned from Dr. Charles Van Ingen in the Theology of Mission class was that the church of Jesus Christ, the New Testament church, is in its essence the missionary people of God. The church is in essence, by definition, by its nature, on mission. The church is is the extension and the, and, and the fulfillment of the mission. The, the, the church is a, is, is a missionary movement. And so all the members of the church, guess what? Whether you like it or not, you are a missionary. And a missionary is somebody who is on mission. I know. See, I came up, when I came up in Church of God in Christ, missionaries, they never went nowhere either, except like from like over on Central and 76, maybe down to Avalon. But they wore these white dresses. And here's the, here's the kicker, because see, in the Church of God in Christ, they don't, uh, they don't, they don't allow women to preach. Or oh, they, don't, they don't call women pastors. You, you, they're not going to call you el- the elders' official title. They don't, they don't d- believe in that. So what happens is you become, you, you join the mission board at the church. And, and so then you get, you get, to, you get to, to speak. And you can't stand up behind the thing. Well, this, I, I, it's probably not like this now, but this is the way it was when I was a kid. But they would have a little podium down front, and the missionaries would come down, but they had their white dresses on and their hats and stuff. And some of them sisters could out-preach just about every man up on that pulpit. <laughs> and they would do it. They would be They would be going. At them, but they, 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 and they would have a time. So that's Missionary Johnson over here and Missionary Simpson over here. And, missionary, you know, and, and they, they weren't like, they weren't missionaries in the sense they hadn't gone on the ship or gone on the plane or gone anywhere except maybe around. They might have got out to, to Huntington Park sometime to shop back in the day, you know, but they hadn't really gone anywhere. But guess what? Here's the, here's the thing. They, they were mission. They, they really were missionaries after all, because we're all missionaries. We're all every one of you. It's, you, you get what I'm saying? A missionary is on mission, carries the good news. And as a missionary, you carry it wherever you go. You, and you see in the New Testament a couple different things, you know, ways that plays out. Sometimes the, 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 you, you carry the message on a mission in the sense that it's, in, it's intentional. Paul had certain planned out, mapped out missionary journeys where he followed the leading of the Lord. Well, we're going over here, we're going to there, we're going to that place, we're going to Philippi, we're going to Thessalonica, we're going here and going there. He, that happened. And then sometimes... And that was one of the ways that the, 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 the mission got accomplished. But, but sometimes it was inadvertently. And, and one of the uh, inadvertent and one of the, the, the primary movers in the New Testament and, and, and church historians and biblical scholars make note of this is the fact that, see, Jesus gave them a clue in Acts 1 because he said, you know, they were looking up and they saying, wow, he just went up. Oh, that's cool. Uh, he, how he disappeared like that? Wow. You know, and, and, you know there's an angels come along and say, men of Galilee, why, why are you standing? What are you gazing at? You know, the same Jesus, the same Jesus that, that you saw him go up, he's going to come back the same way. But right before that, Jesus told me, he said, listen, they, they said, when, what is, you know, when are you going to restore the kingdom? Because, you know, they're thinking politically. They want to see, you know, Israel re, re, regain her dominance and, and, and independence and prominence and all that kind of stuff. He says, it's not for you to know the times or seasons. He says, but you will be. He says, but, but you, after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will be my witnesses. Right? You will receive power. And you will be my witnesses. And then, notice what he says. He says, in Judea, in Jerusalem, in Judea, in, Judea, in Samaria, to the ends of the earth. It's like saying, you're going to be my witness in Inglewood. In L.A. County, Grace Chapel, you're going like, to bust out. In California, in the U.S., in North America, you know, in all the world. Now, somebody say, well, wow, somebody's somebody going to have to rent a boat at some point for this. But that's not how God did it. How it happened was that uh, as the church began to become persecuted, what happened? We got to get out of Jerusalem. We got to get out of here. We got to go because the, the heat is on. We got to move out. We got to get to the suburbs. Got to move on up to the east side. No, no, that's another story. But we got to go out. We got to move to another region. And guess what they took with them when they went? They took the gospel. They took the good news. They took the message. They took what they had experienced. They took the church with them. And so it, the, 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 in, the genius of the New Testament is that, that God through persecution... 
The message spreads. So it's sometimes it's, it's intentional. I'm, and sometimes it's because you decide that you need to move to Utah or, well, that's not a good example, Omaha to find a cheaper house or because your job relocates you to Texas or, or because for some reason you've got to go somewhere else. Inadvertently, you take whatever you have with you, whatever faith, whatever experience you have. And so the gospel can be spread intentionally. It can be spread by persecution, but it's, it's spread by any and all movement because we're all missionaries. Turn to the person next to you and say, listen, you're a missionary. And then the one that just told you that you're a missionary too. The church is missionary by nature. Our lives are supposed to reflect Christ. Our words are supposed to represent him. Our service, our love are to authenticate and substantiate what we, what we believe. Sometimes, you, know, you know how you say sometimes, say, don't go there. Sometimes I said to my wife, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about going into the closet and counting shoes. She said, don't go there. Was, was it David that, 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 that tried to number the children of Israel or something? He said, don't go. <laughs> there's, there's this mental territory that we, we, we don't want to occupy. There's, there's something that we don't want to think about or to discuss. In that sense, to go means that we're willing to go there or consider our role in spreading the good news. Follow me now. I, I'm, 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 I might be a little avant-garde here, but, but, I, but listen to what I'm saying to you. To go... Before anything else means that we're willing to go there in the sense of considering and embracing our role in spreading the good news. It's not so much about movement as it is about mindset. There's this point where we accept the call to be a missionary. We accept the call to share our faith. We accept the call to live in a way that's that's, that leans towards making disciples in whatever way, whatever setting, whatever context we find ourselves in. To go means that we come to recognize Christ's lordship over all of our lives, his authority. To go means to accept our part in spreading the gospel, whether we're at home or on the road. To go means that we join Jesus in this incredible journey. The Beatles had a, had a record called the Magical Mystery Tour. Uh, join Jesus on this magical ministry tour. This thing that he's doing in the world, the most incredible thing in all of the universe is going on in, on this planet that God is doing through the church. And he invites you and I to be a part of changing lives and shaping people's eternal destiny. This is no laughing matter. This is no, this is no plaything. But it means we join Jesus in this amazing journey of faith. But we, the journey is often denigrated in the sense that we get caught up in the same struggle that everybody else is, and that is getting stuff and being happy. I like being happy and I like getting stuff. But that's not the focus of the Christian mindset. Talked about that on Wednesday night. It's what some, I, my, my brief travels this week put several of us in a state of sleep deprivation to get up at 4 in the morning to, get, to fly out. I had to get up at 3.40 yesterday morning for a, to, to, to drive 80 miles for a 6.30 a.m. flight. One of my buddies, I, when, I, when he finally arrived, because some, guy, some guys came the second day to what we were doing, I said, hey, man, did you get some rest? He said, sleep is highly overrated. You can sleep when you're dead. <laughs> it was a joke, of course. I said, yeah, you can't make money when you did. But actually, Michael Jackson is just proving that one, right? <laughs> but but, but I, I want to put it to you like this. Listen to me. I, 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 we won't be, we, we're almost done. I, I say that to lull you into a sense of, but I, I think if we really think about it, if we really see it through kingdom eyes, if we read the scripture carefully, if we really allow God to shape our thoughts and our heart, if we, really, if we really step back and look at reality, if we can, if we can separate ourselves from, from the cultural noise, I think we'll ultimately come to find, like some of the great people of faith, like, like those who follow Jesus through the ages, that temporal happiness in the moment, comfort, those kind of things, 
Those things are kind of highly overrated. And she said, well, you know, now, now you're talking crazy talk. I knew I should have stayed home today. It was raining and everything. Just got my hair did. But think about kind of where life really is. Don't think about life as, they, as it's portrayed to you on, on TV commercials, TV adverts, because it's basically, they play to that part of you that, you know, I mean, what's the Matthew McConaughey driving the Lincoln, look, trying to look all cool and stuff? He's just, just, you're just Matthew McConaughey, and they, you, you know. But people lay aside the pursuit of comfort and ease to do things like climb mountains, sail across oceans in little boats. You say, and some of you say, why in the world? Because they understand that life is more than just sitting at home watching TV and, and going down to Denny's and having... A, a, a grand slam breakfast on Saturday morning. <clears throat> people, you know, people, for some strange reason, when they could just sit home and chill and and and, and read a paperback book or something on Kindle, they they engage in tedious research and they study things and research things and write stuff and publish stuff so that so that knowledge is advanced. People labor long hours to do things like create. Like, like make records and, 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 and produce films and, and produce works of art when they really don't have to. And sometimes it's harder and more painful and more tedious and more all-consuming than, than, than you would think it would be. While some folks are, are, com- are comfortable being semi-comatose in front of the big screen, others go off on safari. Bike tours, you know, a thousand miles up the coast. Backpack across the continent, run a marathon. This is a little 26 miles, you know. What am I getting at here? See, to go means to rearrange our thinking that, <clears throat> so that <clears throat> we, we move beyond this conclusion that ease, comfort, and the unrelenting pursuit of the so-called American dream is really what life is all about. I would suggest to you that the pursuit of ease, comfort, unrelenting, uh, and, the, and the unrelenting pursuit of the so-called American dream is highly overrated. Right. I, want, I want a good life like you do. I like nice things like you do. I want my share of whatever the pie is, whether it's sweet potato or peach cobbler. I want my piece of the pie. Yeah. Moving on up to the east side, there it is again. But what if the early Christians and the great saints in the faith, maybe they were on to something after all when they went all out and they were all in and they laid it all down and they, and they, they gave everything they had and they, they, they shunned the creature comforts and, the, and, and they shunned the, the, the safety and security of, of a boring life to go out and to be bold and to live for God in a way to give everything up and just, just go for it. And I don't think they did that just because the priest or the pastor or the disciple or the apostle said, go and give it all up. They saw something in their relationship with God. They saw something when they met Jesus. They encountered a life change that was so compelling that it said, man, this is worth giving your life to. And if the Jesus you serve is not worth giving your life to, you're serving the wrong Jesus. If he's not worth going all out for and all in for, then you're not getting the Christ of the Bible. You're getting the, you're getting the, the, the nice sanitized cultural Jesus. He's like a little statue. It's like a Jesus G.I. Joe. And he's got blonde hair and blue eyes. And he says, come, follow me. Come, follow me. Let's go to London. Let's go to tea, actually. You know. That's the one you're following because that's the one that isn't really worth anything. Because it's like, Jesus hey, you know, if you want to, like, hang out, it's cool, you know, come follow me. Or if not, you know, just go do your thing. And, you know, you know when you're done, you know, I'll be, I'll be, like, hanging out. I'm here for you. No, he said, that's not the Jesus I follow. I'm the one. And I follow the one that pointed his finger in my face when they said, follow me. He said, come on, follow me. He said, you follow me and I'll make you a fisherman of men. I'll make, he told those guys, he said, you guys, now you're catching fish. Guess what? You're going to be reeling brothers and sisters in like this. You're going to, you're going to be changing lives. You're going to be, you're going to be bringing people into the kingdom. Uh, I hope you hear what I'm saying this morning. Uh, there was something, they were onto something. There's, there's, there's something there. What if there is something greater than yourself worth giving your life to? Max doesn't like that. He's crying right there. Sorry, Max. You got to get saved, son. <laughs> to go means to accept the call to love louder, to live more boldly, to give more sacrificially. Whether you go or stay, to go in your mind, in your headspace, 
In this sense, you can go if you're retired. In this sense, you, you can go if you're a student. You can go if you have six kids, a dog, three cats, and a mortgage. You can go. To go means to accept the core identity of missionary in kind of in a James Bond kind of way. Because you're a secret agent. If you're a secret agent, oh, I'm taking you back to the 60s. Wherever you go, you're MI6. If you're a secret agent, you don't become not a, if you're, if you're some kind of of undercover person, if you're an undercover brother, you, you, you don't cease to become that. You know, you are that all the time, and you you are infiltrating the society around you. To go accepts your identity as a missionary. It means willing to be incognito when necessary, and to be visible and vocal in the appropriate time in the appropriate ways. To go means to live for something or someone beyond ourselves. To go means to deny ourselves to follow Jesus and take up our cross. I'm almost done. I know I'm going along today, but we're having a good time today. People are walking out of me. That's all right. <laughs> Let me tell y'all something. You can't handle the gospel. <laughs> Listen, to go means this. Number one, taking care that our lives don't contradict with what, with what we believe. Why? Because others are watching. You hear, you, you hear me? To go means taking time to... To think about our faith and to consider what it means to us and to distill that down into some simple statements that will guide our lives and and, and that we can share with others. It means supporting disciple-making in various ways by fully supporting the mission of your church, giving your time, talent, and treasure, money, to build God's church. Because your going means being fully in line with what God is doing in the world. It means I become willing to go out of my way to move beyond my comfort zone to even suffer if need be to be part to be a part of Jesus mandate to the church to make disciples it means i really care about what he said and i won't blow him off and ignore his words and always think that they're for somebody else because they're to all of us so go invite share serve embrace pray in all of it make disciples howard hendricks wrote this in the midst of a generation screaming for answers Christians are stuttering I, I, I feel and this quote this was probably written 20 25 years ago or longer how much more true in the present moment we need to get some speech therapy we have the answer People are looking for the answers in all kinds of crazy places, places that God never promised they'd find them. People are looking for meaning in life all over the place. The younger generations, they're, they're no different than the older generations, except probably more pure in their, in their targeted and pointed pursuit for authenticity. I heard a great presentation about uh, this, uh, the Z generation, I guess, is the next one coming up after the millennials. And no less, they, they, there's a spiritual sensitivity, but the baby boomers and the, and the, and the generation, you know, we, we, we settled for a bit of, oh, we, we grew to like slick, you know, commercial consumerized Christianity. Going forward, it's not going to play. Mark my words. And so, People are looking for real. But you won't be, just be able to tell them about, you know, you know, the Jesus that you serve. They're going to look to see him in you. They're not going to probably just stumble in your churches off the street because you have a nice, a cool building. But they'll come when somebody that they trust invites them. People are looking for answers. But we don't want to be, in the words of Howard Hendricks, in the midst of that stuttering. That's what Peter said. Be sure that you can articulate. Go. I'll take you back to Christmas for a moment. When you think about what we're offering to the world and what, we, we, what we're supposed to share. Isaac Watts' Christmas hymn, Joy to the World, which they play in the mall and everywhere, but no one really listens to the words. He says this, and, this, and that we're a part of this. He said, he came to make his blessings flow 
far as the curse is found. He came to make his blessings flow. God loves people. God so loved the world, Jesus says, that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him might not perish but have everlasting life. Do you believe what we sang this morning? We sang, when my sin, your love ran red and my sin washed white, I owe all to you. Then we said, Jesus, Savior of the world. We say that stuff. Do we really, do we really mean that? Oh, I want justice for all people. I want economic uh, equality. I want fairness and righteousness to prevail in, 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 in the public square. I want the nations to be at peace. I want all of these things to happen. I want, the, I want to live in a well-run and well-managed community. I want to see the, uh, America on the right track. I want to see the nations of the world resolve issues. I want to see the environment properly stewarded, all that stuff. But th- 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 none of that is the, is the Savior. Only Jesus is the Savior of the world. On the way to God's ultimate plan to, to redeem everything and to, to, to create a new heaven and a new earth. On the way to, to, to that destination for the hearts and lives of people, for the empty hearts and the, and the confused minds. I believe because this is what, we were, this is what the Bible shouts at us. That money, won't, money will, will, can buy you some, some, some cool things in life, but money will never satisfy the hunger of your heart. That fame, no matter how cool it is to have the adulation of people, you, you might come to the place where you wish you were just a regular person because it won't, it won't scratch the itch. That sexual gratification, sex is this wonderful gift of God, but it will never satisfy you. And just like every other gratification, you'll spend your whole life like a dog chasing his tail. And don't go anything crazy with it. We're crazy with that. Do with that, 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 that. you know what I'm saying? What? There's only one answer. To the real problem. Who, what is his name? Jesus. Do, you, do we believe what we said? Then this is what you have to do. Go. Go. Amen. When you stay, go. Engage in that process. The, here's the real imperative. Make disciples. Lead people to Jesus. Love louder, live more boldly, give more sacrificially. Go. Connect with what Jesus is saying to the church. That's it. Let's pray. This is real simple today. Hallelujah. I feel the spirit of God this morning in this place. And I know I, I, I saw it in, Lord, I saw it in my own words to communicate what you, give, you gave me today. And I pray that you, if anything I said was unpleasing to you, that you would redact, edit that, and that you would help the core of what you wanted to communicate to stick in the hearts and minds of your people today. Lord, would you, we are all missionaries. We are your missionary people. So would you give us the boldness, the faith, the courage, the strength, the wisdom, the ability to go. To be wherever we are, to be that disciple maker. To give us the patience to sow into the lives of people in our world as as long as you Lead us to, as long as it takes, deliver us from the guilt, the vo- the guilt driven voices of the past that have told us we need to be closing every deal that, you know, every time somebody walks in the church, if we don't give an altar call and they fall on their face, if somehow, Lord, you are, we, we, we are stewards of this mystery, but you are in charge of that process and the Holy Spirit is, is the one who draws people to you. So give us the patience to say it again and again. Give us the patience to, to walk alongside people even when they seem unreceptive to that aspect of who we are. Give us the patience to pray for people behind closed doors and to pray for, their, for them to come to see the light, to pray for them to become disciples and to not try to make people do what we want them to do, but to be a part of your process in facilitating people moving toward you. 
that's, that's how we go even when we stay home. Help us to, to, to get that today. In Jesus' name. Lord, give us the hearts of missionaries. Would you, Lord, because this is 2017 and a lot of things are, are, are different. A lot of things are strange. And, 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 and we don't think often that even about spiritual matters the way maybe we did 20 years ago. Some of that's good and some of that's bad. Because sometimes we've lost our passion for the lost. Sometimes we've lost our, our passion to see people experience the same relationship with you that we have. So we've lost that, 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 that deep desire to see people come to faith. And church becomes, it's really about us. We're getting our needs met. All our churches would be more stable and more productive. I'm not just talking about our church, but churches in our culture. More stable, more productive, healthier. If people, rather than approaching it as, you know, what have you done for me lately? would approach it as where do I fit in and how can I help this, con- this community I'm a part of, how can I help us to share the gospel with people that don't know you? How can we get more people in contact with you? How can we further this mission? Yes. Now, you know, I, I, I would be a part of this, but Williams just won't wear a tie on Sundays. Heretic. <laughs> help us, Lord. I pray for, and as we get draw to to a close here, I pray for for Grace Chapel. In there's there's I I I know that in our hearts, in our corporate in our corporate sensibility, I I know we love you, we love what you're doing here, and we we really do want to touch more people, we really do want to reach more folks. Would you deepen that passion? Because as you do, I know that by your grace and by the leading of the Holy Spirit, we will find the ways and the methods and, the, and the, the processes by which to begin to make that happen to a greater extent. There's no reason for this place to not be full, not because I want a big church because I didn't, I didn't go into it for that and I kind of don't really care on that level. I'm too old to be tripping. I love you. I love what you're doing among your people. Lord, would you just, would you do it? Because, because, because all these hurt and hungry, confused, distorted people out here, all these young people that don't have a clue, all these old people that don't have a clue, all the middle-aged people that don't have a clue. They don't have a clue, Lord. So, Lord, would you, would you work powerfully in us? Would you enable us as we stay here, right here on 1125 Sentinel, to go and to make disciples? In Jesus' name.